0: This episode of Geek Loves Nerd is brought to you by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get just about anything drawn for pretty darn cheap. Check it out today at drawyoupicture.com. See what I've done for others and see what I can do for you. Also brought to you by GoDaddy.com, where you can use the code PODNAME121 to save money on your next domain name. Geek Loves Nerd. Trying to find something in common since 1996. Geek Loves Nerd. Gloves At least she did Late last week I haven't asked Mainly because She's still living here And that's more than I deserve She has a phone And I gave her on her left wing finger And slew wire and that's enough I figure At least she hasn't figured out I stay. We don't have much in common Just our kids and Hey, how you doing out there, podcast people? This is Geek Loves Nerd. Episode number 78 brought to you the week of May 4th, 2010. Hey, Jen, did you know... Oh, by the way, I'm James. I'm the geek. And I'm Jen. I'm the nerd. Hey, Jen, did you know something? That May the 4th is International Star Wars Day. I saw that. Did you see that? Do you know why? May the 4th be with you. (laughs) I think it's awesome. I think that's terrible. Uh, so yeah, may the fourth be with you, everybody. Yay! Love Star Wars. Woohoo! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay, so uh, we're uh, we're doing part four of a thirteen part series on discipline, and it may, we may not do all thirteen parts on the show. So so if you hate this, you know, fret not. Stick because, around. Stick around.
1: Eventually, we'll be done. Yeah,
0: <laughs> eventually we'll be done. But today we're talking about requirements, expectations, and enforcement in relation to proper discipline of children. And this is the stuff a lot of people struggle with the most. And so we're going to spend a little time talking about, you know, requirements and my concepts. I have some concepts that I created that I'd like to share with you. And I doubt they're original with me. But anyway, first, though, we got to do some weekly updates. All right, weekly update. Uh, Jen, what do you got? What's going on in your week?
1: I um I did not take Dunder to toddler time as I promised last week. <laughs> See? That's <laughs> why you shall, can't be doing I shall never do a future update. Thank you. Yeah. It just doesn't work. <laughs> I learned in my lesson. No, Jenna got sick that day, so we didn't ha- end up going. Um I uh, went to a kid's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Figured out that I don't really like kids' birthday parties. Really? The kids love it. hmm mm, Me not so much.
0: And and you were supposed to go to two of them in a row.
1: Yeah, and I, I only did one, thank goodness, because it was just a long day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just they never want to leave. They want to play and play and play, but it's hot, and it was a really hot day, and yeah. It was a good birthday party. Not, not saying anything bad about the party, it just... It's for kids. Right. So I really shouldn't be there is my idea.
0: Ah, uh, it should be a drop-off party.
1: Yeah. I'll be happy to hit that drop I, We're almost at the drop-off
0: point with Jenna. M- maybe even a drive-by party. <laughs> drive-by.
1: Just, just hurry up, Yay! kids. Jump <laughs> out. <Yeah. laughs>
0: I'm, I don't even let them out of the car. I'm just kind yeah. of go bat, go past it and wave.
1: Yay. Here's uh, your present. Throw it out.
0: <laughs> um. So that's that's it? That's all you got? I mean, that's uh, okay. I, I just disapprove.
1: Um. I at least it's not from the future.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's true. So, what? Give us a little nip into the future, though. What's going on in the future, Gen Life?
1: Um, I'm heading to visit my sister.
0: Yeah, you were supposed to do that last weekend.
1: Yeah, that got canceled.
0: And now you're heading up there for the family drama this weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's. She just. They just bought a new house, so she's moving into. Now it.
0: I doubt your sister's listening to the show right now. I doubt she is uh, going to hear it before you get there. But what little piece of advice would you have for her? As uh, as she moves into her new home,
1: that don't expect a new home to be perfect, even though it is in fact new. Like this home's never been lived in, but it's still it has like, a few issues. Yeah, but new homes surprisingly, you'd think they'd be in perfect condition, like a new car, but they have issues because nobody's ever. Well, new lived cars
0: on. don't aren't always perfect. Yeah,
1: that's true. They always have weird like like she ought vehicle. to know that. Yeah, really? that's true. She had a moldy car. My sister has issues.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, okay, my weekly update, Mm -hmm. it's getting hot in Florida. Yes, it is. I'm not happy anymore.
1: Oh, I have a second weekly update. Go ahead.
0: No, you first.
1: No. Okay, so I was in the bathroom the other day brushing my teeth, (laughs) very kindly and innocently brushing my teeth. Yeah. I see a little movement out of the corner of my eye, and there is the... Biggest roach. Like, it's covering up the whole sink. I mean, I can't even see the sink anymore because there is this giant roach on the sink. Just sitting there. Like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> so huge. Uh, and I just screamed. Oh, You saved it. You killed it. At least you say you did. I don't even know if you actually did. I did.
0: I got rid of oh, it. Okay, good. I did that for you uh, because of the love that I you have. Do.
1: You do. You do. That makes it. Our whole marriage worth it is the fact that you kill roaches. I'm a bug killer. Yes.
0: That's my whole, that's my and whole purpose. you do
1: trap mice. Oh. No?
0: No, I, I, I don't trap mice. I mean, oh, I, I have.
1: Yeah, you have. I mean, not here, but okay. I'm saying when we've had mice in the house, you have taken care of them. Okay. I have not had to ever take care of a mouse. Yeah. One I'm, time we tried and it didn't go so good.
0: I am the best at all of that. Yes. I, that's the whole reason I exist as a person. Mm-hmm. And um, so good. Um, okay, my weekly update. It's getting hot here, and mm-hmm. I don't like it at all. Getting deja vu. It. I I, <laughs> I loved it. I was on Facebook rubbing it in to people in Kansas City when they mm-hmm. were freezing, and we were hot and fun. I mean, when we were just having fun. But now all of a sudden, it's, it's getting hot. I mean, just straight up hot. It's yeah. crap. And you can't even walk outside without feeling the heat and getting all sweaty and nasty. But I'm not going to complain about the heat. What I'm going to do... Is, um, is I'm going to talk about the vermin that come around. I have not seen a single squirrel, so I'm not talking about those kind. I think it's too hot for squirrels,
1: probably they're inside somewhere.
0: Yeah, I think the squirrels up, hibernate during the, they're
1: up north,
0: <laughs> they shave. I mean, I couldn't imagine being fur covered in this weather, but. The, there are some animals that love this heat, and it's apparently the lizards.
1: Yes, they do.
0: <laughs> there are lizards everywhere.
1: A.K.A. dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, and
0: that's what I want to talk about. Is I was walking, and I saw this particularly large uh, lizard. And usually they're not a problem because you walk and they scatter. Mm-hmm. This one stood there and stared at Jen and I. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and he did not move. And I... I was walking towards it, and usually I'm pretty brave, but I realized my bravery is totally dependent on the wimpiness of the lizard.
1: <laughs> yeah, of them scurrying away. Yeah,
0: and the, the less scared they are, I mean, the, yeah, the braver they are, the scarier I am. It's, mm-hmm. it, there's some sort of mathematical equation that you could put in there, but I, I realized why. I realized why. Okay, gremlins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did you know which one was the leader bad guy? he had he had a stripe yeah he had a mohawk mhm this lizard was the leader bad guy because it had <laughs> a lizard frill it had it a did. from the front of, from its head all the way down to its tail <laughs> um, it has a fin
1: yeah most of them don't
0: there one was, i've seen more of them since then so it wasn't no. but this was this was a dinosaur it a was a small and tiny it, dinosaur it was a
1: bit like a stegosaurus
0: not at all, but oh. it was evolving. <laughs> we, I, If you remember our pet episode, we talked about I had a mud puppy that evolved, mm-hmm. and we joked that if we kept it, it would turn into a monkey, and then eventually we would have a small child. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this thing is working on that, though. I think so. It's trying out for a role in The Land Before Time 30. <laughs> Padfoot, Littlefoot, and Big Boss, Bad Guy, Lizard. Mm-hmm, eventually the lizard harder. did scurry, mm-hmm. but it kind of did it like... like like a defeated football player that has to leave because the principal's watching and he's gonna beat you up later mm-hmm. it was kind of like that he like looked over his frill at me
1: yeah it's frill he was not frilled no he was
0: not <laughs> so it was it was terrible mm-hmm. and the chat room is asking was he British was he trying to sell you insurance no that is a gecko
1: it was not a gecko and
0: that gecko's cute this one Had evil little beady eyes. No, there's no
1: cuteness um, to the lizard. I felt
0: like I needed insurance the closer Mm. I got to that lizard. So, yeah, that's my weekly update. Um, This episode is sponsored also by Dean Piercy. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Dean. Corey Ingman and Spidey.com, where you can shop for NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, and college team gifts for you, your baby, and your pet. A great selection of novelties, apparel, and more for your favorite team. And even better prices. Plus, they got funny photos of your pets and babies wearing team apparel. Not just pets wearing babies or babies wearing pets. (laughs) Spotty.com, S P A W T Y.com. Team fanaticism at its finest. Check it out today. Spotty.com. It's awesome. Just don't buy something for your pet unless you've bought something for your baby.
1: That's right. Get
0: your priorities straight.
1: It's okay for the pet not to wear clothes, not so much for the baby. True
0: that. It's time for our main topic, and again, we're talking about requirements, expectations, and enforcement in relation to babies, mm-hmm. the kids. We've already established that it's very important to have discipline, but I'd just like to recap this. Um, the, the Bible and logic both teach us that if you do not discipline a child, what grows in their heart? Rebellion. And if you do discipline a child the opposite of rebellion grows in the heart of a child and that is respect and so i want to say that right off the top if there's people out there that are struggling and they don't want to damage the relationship they have with their kid by starting to discipline i'm my kid's six it's too late to start no no but you're you're afraid to damage this relationship but i'm going to tell you this any relationship that is not based on or any relationship with your child that is not based on mutual respect where you're the boss and they do what you say. That's not a relationship worth keeping alive anyway. Right. Secondly, you will find that as you discipline this child, they automatically begin to respect you. They do. Mm-hmm. So this kid that's cussing you out or yelling at you or screaming at you all the time, um, that is because you are allowing rebellion to grow inside of their soul. So do yourself a favor. Invest in your own future and um, begin proper discipline. And I was walking out of the church, um, out of our class last week. Mm-hmm. And one of the people in our class, uh, they were trying out some stuff. I could just kind of hear that they were working on something and the daughter, you know, was apparently not thrilled with it. And, uh, she says, she'd said something about, you know, this is one strike against you. And she looks at me and the mom does, and she says, our strike's okay. And, um, and I'll reiterate to to you guys what I've reiterated to her. I don't care what you do really, as long as you do it consistently. And, and my theory on that, this is kind of some prefacing, I guess. My theory on that is if uh, if you do three strikes, three strikes being, I would imagine, you know, um, you get a verbal warning, um, you get another verbal warning, and then you get another verbal warning. and Then on the fourth time, you're getting in trouble. Uh, that's fine, but you're going to find that they're going to push you all the way to step three every single time. Mm-hmm. So in my house, I got like a one-shot. They get one strike, and then they move directly to punishment. Well, yeah. I don't want to... Whatever your boundaries are, they're going to push them. So set them, but don't be flexible in them. If you do three strikes, that's fine. If you got more patience than I do, fine. If you want to deal with that, that's fine. But I'm telling you, uh, they're going to push your buttons wherever they are. And so, as for me in my house, uh, I don't want to push that far. So you do it the first time, that's great. You don't do it, boom. So... Whatever, but you know they're starting kind of from scratch, and so I don't blame mm-hmm. them. I don't blame them. They got to start somewhere. So anyway, uh, minimum requirements and expectations and rules and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I've mentioned a few times, Jen, over the last uh, few shows that we uh, we practice. I have this image in my mind of minimum requirements and expectations, and um, I actually in the um, in the classroom I had a big what eight by 11 or eight and a half by 11 or I don't know, big old sheet of paper mm-hmm. that I printed that had a graphical representation. And I may take that and put it in the show notes so That's you can check idea. it out because it's really easy to look at. It's hard to explain. But Jen, do you want to try and take on that explanation? Explain to them the, the graphic that I'm going to be referring to.
1: Okay. On the graphic, um, you basically have three categories. Um, one of them is you know unacceptable behavior. One of them is is good behavior or acceptable behavior, and the other one is really good behavior, like exceptional stuff. And there's basically lines in between.
0: So two lines separating those three categories. Right.
1: And um, the the bottom line is minimum expectations. Um, and that line falls between acceptable and unacceptable, basically. And so if you fall below the minimum expectations, you're in the zone of unacceptable behavior, which is punishable. Mm-hmm. If you fall above the line, you're in the zone of acceptable/slash good behavior, meaning the kids doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, maybe not everything they're, they
0: could be, but they're okay. Yeah,
1: they're they're not pushing it. Um, and uh, I would also think that, that little things go in that line, like things that kids do that aren't particularly just bad, but I don't I don't know. I'm getting off subject. Anyway, <laughs> so um, and then there's the another line above that you know that that sits between um
0: good and great
1: good and great basically yeah and um and if you go above the that line then you're in the zone of great behavior and that would be rewardable behavior stuff okay. that that would really get something above and beyond what what a kid would normally get
0: so from top down on the piece of paper you had great behavior and then the expectations line mm-hmm. then in the middle of the page you had good behavior Underneath that, minimum requirements under that bad behavior. So if you have that image in your head, that is what that is the diagram that I have in my head all the time. And that is what I use, whether I'm in children's church, whether I'm at home, whether I'm dealing with my disobedient wife. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, people. I hold her accountable. And what do you do? Spankings.
1: Good behavior, bad behavior.
0: I like it when you're bad. No. Oh my anyway. gosh! This is a family show. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> it sure is. It's that kind of family. Uh, uh, it's a married married people show. It's all uh-huh. good. So anyway, um, first I want to talk about the concept of minimum requirements. I believe that it's very important. And the way I operate is I have minimum requirements for my kids, no matter what situation we're in, um, and the and I set those in advance in a neutral se- setting. That way, it. it And the way this helps me is I know anytime my child dips below that line, my minimum requirements for that situation, they need to be punished. That's important for me because I'm a dude. I got a temper. I'm also a human. And so when I'm tired, sometimes I want to discipline more because I'm irritated. Other times I want to discipline less because I'm too tired to do it. So when I set minimum requirements, there is no doubt in my mind that I'm doing the right thing. I'm not being too touchy. Because they did this, and I set this line well before, and and outside of my temperament and my feelings, and um, so it's really good for people that maybe have temper problems or people that tend to be a little lax, because there is no doubt your minimum requirements. When that child dips below that, then if you don't do it, it's just on you. But there's no question in your mind about what it is. Let me give you an example. Um, we have minimum expectations for our four-year-old daughter for bedtime five year old five year- old sorry this was I wrote this when I was when she was four so what are some of those expectations Jen minimum expectations
1: um she's to brush her teeth yep um get get a book ready yep and um, and no whining yeah no whining no
0: complaining and yep. bedtime is 9 pm right
1: that's it yeah she doesn't get to pick it should not argue with us about mm-hmm. bedtime. It's just when we say it is. But yeah, I mean, it's... it's and once
0: we put you in bed, you stay in bed unless yeah. there's an emergency. I guess that's another one that we've added since she's <laughs> mm-hmm. been four. But um, those are the minimum requirements. Very simple. Nothing hard to do. These aren't maximum expectations. I want more from my daughter. I want her to, to enjoy the process. I want her to enjoy the book that's being read. I want her to no, do more than just the minimum. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about... Keeping her within the realm of good behavior. If she can do those things, she's fine. So when I have that minimum expectation—I mean, minimum requirements—if she whines or complains, she has crossed the line. And any time a child crosses that line, they need to feel it. And it's not necessarily a whooping. Okay, we'll talk about um, uh, uh, consequences and stuff a little later on. Actually, I think we're going to talk about consequences next week. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get in too much of that. Because uh, we're going to talk about a consequence ladder and, and, and all this kind of things. But uh, th- I just want to reiterate if she dips below that line, th- she needs to feel it because these are minimum. If you can't do this, then you deserve it. Mm-hmm. I have minimum requirements for myself. If I can't do that, then I'm just sorry because <laughs> they're not even hard. Just brush your teeth, kid. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, you're in trouble. I mean, a blind person could see. And so minimum requirements are not goals. they are the least they can do but still be good and I think it's important to identify those for your children
1: and and another thing too is um uh, don't be lax about them I mean whatever your minimum requirements are don't don't let it you know you've already hit the bottom of yeah. the line basically don't let them you know in that case. Don't let them whine about brushing their teeth. That they need to do that. There's no discussion or whine about the bedtime. You know, those mm-hmm. different things. Cuz you know, that that's just minimum. They they need to do that stuff and they will continue if you let them do it once, they will continue to whine every single time.
0: Exactly. And and you don't want your kid to play on that line. That's not mm-hmm. where that's not our goal for them to stay so low that they're flirting with that line all the time. I think that's what you get though when you have a consequence only discipline structure when you mm-hmm. when you don't have proper discipline where there's a balance of rewards and punishments you've got a kid that is just staying away from getting punished and they so they stay right on that line and that's fine because they don't get on our nerves as much you know they 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 sometimes cross but most of the time they're just barely there but that's not enough to sustain them through those teen years right. cuz they start at that level uh, i like the example of living uh, we live our life our moral life on a shelf Okay, And I don't want to live on the edge of that shelf because if I fail, what am I going to do? I'm going to fall. I want to live so far back from the minimum expectations, so far back from the edge of the shelf, that even if I fall, I don't fall off. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I don't fall off my faith or my marriage or or whatever my job. Uh, it, it's just not a big deal. So uh, of course we don't want our kids to live at the minimum expect or minimum requirements world. But this is just the minimum, so that when your child dips below this, boom. All right. Now there's a big gap on my diagram between minimum and then uh, and then my my expectations. Uh, not every bit of behavior is rewardable. Anything in the good realm. I'm not rewarding. I, I may verbally praise. You know, there may be some intangible stuff because, like I said, verbal is free. So I, I give a lot of it, a lot of correction, and a lot of uh, encouragement, both. Um, but I think there needs to be a big, big gap in there because that's mercy. That's grace. Kids aren't perfect. And so they may not – like one of your minimum requirements might be you're going to fold the towels, Okay, when they're in, in elementary school, they may not fold them exactly the way you want. It might be, not be the neatest thing, and they may wad up the bottom sheets. That's what I used to do because, man, them things are ungodly mm-hmm. to try to fold.
1: They are impossible. They're
0: stupid. I'm sure there's some scientific way to do it, but I ain't figured it out. But anywho, uh, they may not do it the way you want to, but that doesn't mean they dip below the minimum requirements, see? Okay, now let's go the other direction and use that same analogy. Let's talk about expectations. Now, you may, exp- you may have hopes that your child will not only fold, but will fold well. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll put them away. But that's not what you told them to do. You told them just fold the towels and walk. And as long as they're doing it, they're, they're meeting the minimum requirements. But say that kid just goes above and beyond, folds stuff perfectly, does it great, uh, does it quick, and then offers to do more. That's exceeding expectations. That's more than good behavior. That is rewardable behavior. And so not only do I have minimum requirements, I have a line on that graph and in my mind of my hopes for this child, my expectations. And anything between those two lines is meeting my expectations. Anything over that line exceeds. Okay? And that changes over time, changes with their age. Um, The example I've used before is about my daughter. There was a time that we used to give her a Skittle mm-hmm. every single time she went pee-pee in the potty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That was a big deal. That exceeded expectations for the time. Right. But then there came a day where we realized she was kind of pinching it off and, and spritzing, <laughs> just little spritz every now and, I and went, then.
1: I went, I went. And getting, getting
0: <laughs> lots and lots of Skittles. <laughs> and so we realized, wait a minute, that has moved now into the realm of good behavior Mm-hmm. But not exceeding our expectations, that behavior becomes expected. And though we still brag on her, we did allow the skittles to run out. Mm-hmm. And no, we're not going to reward her every time she goes pee pee in the potty. <laughs> no, dang.
1: Eventually, that is expected behavior. Yeah, because
0: if she's getting rewarded, I want to be rewarded. Because I go a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, there should be a whole skittles bunch of awards. Yeah, for for length of of uh, you know of amount of time. And, uh, stop. You know. mm. Anyway hue, color.
1: James, you're being absolutely nasty. I know. I'm sorry.
0: This is funny to me.
1: Yeah, because you're a boy. Because I'm a
0: boy. So, uh, So yeah, exceeding expectations is rewardable. All right. So if you got a C student and they make a C, that's great. That's awesome. We love you. Good job. You didn't defeat yourself, but you didn't do great. So we love you. You're awesome. But that's about it. If that C student makes straight A's, booyah. Time to reward them. Mm-hmm. That Break C, out the cat. That C student makes a, a D or an F, they need to feel it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there you go. There's your world. That's kind of how I see things. Okay? So, um, and that's the standards I keep my wife to. We keep a strict house. Really? Yes.
1: You are so strict.
0: Oh, yeah. Am Actually, I- I'm the one that, that gets in trouble and has to change. <laughs> yep.
1: Sorry, but when you're perfect like me, it's, I know there's it. nothing for me to do. I know it. So.
0: Ugh. I should not have married a perfect person. That's right. So um, let's talk about rules because rules are important. I said before that you need to state them and let the kids know. A lot of times we have rules that are in our heads, Mm -hmm. these unsaid rules. I think it's important to let your kids know what the expectations are. Um, an example of rules and minimum expectations or requirements, I'm sorry, mixing together was the other night. Jennifer, Jenna was uh, – it was very late. She had been playing all day. I think it was the birthday day. It was. And then she went over to a friend's house after that. It was a big deal, a big day. And um, so when we get out of the car, I know what's coming. I know there's a possibility of her having a meltdown. She just does that. So I looked at her well before, and I set those rules and those minimum expectations. I said, sweetie, your job tonight is to go in there and get ready for bed, pick out a book, brush your teeth, change your clothes, go to sleep. If you do anything beyond that, including crying, complaining, uh, pitching a fit, I said, sweetie, sometimes you find things to get really upset about. If you do any of those things, you will be getting in trouble tonight, just letting you know. And she's like, oh, okay. And she did okay. She did good. And then all of a sudden something didn't happen. Her hair wasn't dried enough for her or something. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: it. She wanted me to dry her oh, hair more. Oh my gosh. But the, she started screaming. And before <laughs> you guys
0: take her aside, I mean there was there was, do you want me to stop? Yes. Okay. The hair dryers put away. No, I want more now. And so it was a delay tactic. It was mm-hmm. and then she totally overreacted and freaked out. And so then I stepped in and and reminded her of that and took care of business. Okay. She, did, she, she dipped below the minimum requirements in an extreme way, had a huge attitude, big blow up, and she felt it. And, and she straightened up and changed and, uh, and went to sleep. And so the rules were clearly explained. She knew what was expected of her. It doesn't mean they're not going to, but, man, my kids know when they step over the line— that I mean, you know, they're gonna feel that. They're gonna, they're, something is going to be uncomfortable. And again, let me say, you know, where's the grace, James? Where's the grace? Well, like I said with the candle concept, um, the candle burning you so you'll pull your hand away is the grace. Do you know that your electricity in your house is wired in such a way that when it shocks you, it allows you to, it, it forces you away from it? it? Exactly. It hurts, but it's grace. Um, you know, there's, there's smell. A stinky, nasty smell, or something added to natural gas, so that you'll smell it. No, it's not comfortable. No, it's not fun. But it keeps you from dying in your sleep. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so there is grace built in, and that is it. It's like if I if I discipline you now, and you feel uncomfortable, and it breaks your little heart a little bit, and it changes that part of your personality into something better. If it teaches you and trains you, I am being merciful merciful to you because you're learning. Um, something that's going to save your life later on. So, you know, I make no apologies for the way I roll. And and like I said in, in Sunday school class this week, you don't always judge the tree. You judge the fruit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you if you want to argue with me, just look at my kids and tell me what we're doing wrong. We're not yep. perfect.
1: Well, there is a
0: second child. There you go. I <laughs> knew you were going to bring up Dunder. But anyway... But I, I I don't know. Rules should cover the basics of proper behavior. I mean, no disrespecting each other and your parents. Um, you know, uh, make sure you do your homework. I mean, they're logical. I think rules can come from having that vision that we talked about for your kid. What do you want your kid to be at 18, 21, whatever? And so, and, and what what's going to need to change between now and then? Do they have a bad attitude? Are they disrespectful? Are they dirty? Um, do, you know, do they just mope around? Do they only want to play video games? You can look and customize a set of rules, but the basics are again: you eat when you're supposed to eat, you go to bed when you're supposed to go to bed, you obey me without attitude and talk back. You don't say bad words. You watch what I tell you to watch, and and, and you, you know, just the basics.
1: Another thing um, to bring up too is, you know, obviously the kid is constantly growing, constantly changing, and. You'll find that you have to constantly readjust yeah. some of your, especially if you're having like a repeated behavior and it doesn't seem to be getting better. You know, it's like kids go through these different phases. Uh, we've especially seen it with Jenna. You know, it's like she's fine about something, and then all of a sudden she decides to buck it and buck yeah. it. You know, and yeah. you just, you you have to kind of kind of be aware of those things and and make sure you adjust to those. It seems like we're constantly doing that.
0: Well, like the like the pee pee and the potty thing. I mean, that was that was a something that changed and and so does behavior. And especially when you've disciplined a child to the point that the behavior stops, um, I've found that there'll be maybe three days of peace. And then, like we've said with the Jurassic Park raptors, they step down to the next layer of the fence <laughs> and start and testing. they begin systematically checking yeah. for weaknesses. And they're like, okay, that got me in trouble. That got me shocked. I'm going to stop. Um, and then they will wor- start working out the next part. But how is that any different than your marriage or anything else? A, a, a job relationship, you know, you, you the two rough rocks rubbing against each other will eventually smooth each other out. But then you flip the rocks and you start rubbing again.
1: Mm-hmm. New circumstances come up, yeah. yeah.
0: And you're and believe me, you're, your child's not the only one learning through this process, man, man. And you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. But I'm telling you, if you have these minimum uh, requirements. These expectations, um, and you you stick to that concept. I'm telling you, you're gonna make a lot fewer mistakes because it's gonna be based less on your feelings and this fly by night attitude thing. You can calm down, take a minute, and ask yourself: Does this get my child closer to my vision for them, or further away? And then put it on that scale. Did they drop below the minimum expectations? Booyah. You know we need to we need to do that. Oh, okay. Full circle here. We've got we've got your minimum. Requirements, you got your expectations. You've got a magnet pulling your child toward that because there's rewardable ha- behavior ahead. And at the bottom of the list, there's punishable behavior. So your child is naturally drawn away from that minimum expectation or minimum requirements toward the expectations. And again, all I've done, this. I said this in Sunday school that somebody had asked me at the beginning of class, is this going to be biblically based? And I was like, um, you, well, yeah, but I may not be quoting scripture every single time. Mm-hmm. Because the con—it's a concept that I've taken from the way the Lord seems to discipline us. He disciplines us by making everything we do wrong come back and bite us, and he, and everything that is obedience and it, it draws us to Him, and it and we want to obey based out of our relationship with Him, not because we're trying to earn anything, not because He won't He'll love us more or less if we do or don't. But because we love him, we're pu- we're attracted to that, we want to please him and say thank you. And so obedience becomes not a chore. That's why he says his burden is light. O- obedience becomes just a simple act of saying, I appreciate what you've done. Okay? And that's a microcosm of the family. The family's, just, I mean, well, that's the universe. The family is the microcosm of that. God has set up husband and wife to be the first example of, of a godly style of unconditional love, providing for all of their needs, and that relationship draws that child into obedience, wanting to please you. But being humans, they do make mistakes. They're self-seeking. We want to do what we want to do, and it's our job to make every bad decision, uh, everything that falls below those minimum requirements, make it uncomfortable, make everything that exceeds expectations comfortable so we create that... um, that that uh, that uh that draw that yeah. that flow that current toward goodness because when they get out of the microcosm of our family, they're going to be stepping into a world that doesn't always punish bad behavior and doesn't always reward good matter of fact, it seems to do the opposite much of the time but, but in, in the long run in the big picture yeah in the big picture when you're
1: when you're hitting towards the end of your life or right. you know in it yeah, you see you see that that doing the right thing. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time,
0: putting others first, you sharing, well. you know, eating right, obeying it translates into obeying, um, you know, your your bosses and respecting your friends and your spouse and a hundred other different things, um, you know, and just simply not feeling like you're entitled
1: mm-hmm. is
0: is going to be huge. So, uh, so enforcement. Let's talk just a little bit about enforcement because rules are useless without enforcement. And I always use this example from uh, that's based on Romans five thirteen b. Uh, Paul's talking about sin, and he says sin is not taken into account where there is when there is no law. So uh, let me break that down for you. Imagine you're at an intersection with a stop sign and a cop. Okay, that's the setup. You're in a car. Okay, if there is no stop sign, then you don't have to stop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's no law, right? So you don't have to stop. All right, but imagine there is a stop sign, you don't stop for it, and the cop lets it pass, I still say there's no stop sign Mm -hmm. because you weren't held accountable. So there's no law. So you didn't sin. Right. Okay. And so if if you pull past the stop sign and the cop pulls you over, then it's enforced, you broke the law, he held you accountable, you know it. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes in our family. If you allow your children to dip below that minimum expectation, that minimum requirements, and they don't feel it, there is no minimum requirements.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: If you allow your kids to disrespect you and you do not stop it, then they've never disrespected you. They're just treating you normally.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why kids when they haven't had discipline. They freak out. Yeah. They're just like, oh my God. Like you can see it on Supernanny. Yeah, what am, what am I
0: doing wrong? This yeah. is what I do. This is how we do it. This is how you've always acted. And they'll yell at Supernanny. Yeah. <laughs> you came and screwed up my life. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. I could jump over the wall anytime I wanted and run mm-hmm. down the street. I could play any kind of video games I wanted. This was normal. hmm So yeah, don't let that be normal. But again, if you don't enforce, then you don't have any roles and i kind of believe in that so much that if i take my kids into a situation where the the leaders or the the, the you know whatever it is hasn't prepared enough mm-hmm. if they're not enforcing their rules then i let them go i'm like mm-hmm. i'm not going to make them sh- you know like at camp kids camp's a big example we went to a kids camp it was just chaotic stupid dumb the the teacher the, the pastor whatever the he was just
1: the evangelist
0: yeah he was chaotic and dumb everything was jacked up And I would not make my kids behave for him because he didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. He wasn't doing anything that held my kids' attention, that drew them toward wanting to obey him. He pushed them away, dumbed them down, and uh, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. But in my family, man, there are tons of benefits for obedience. You're a moron if you don't take me up on them. Right. So, okay. Okay. There's not a lot to talk about on this one. We've kind of stretched it out. Because why? Because once I've laid out the facts that God wants you to discipline your kid, he, he basically says if you don't discipline him, you don't even love him. Mm-hmm. He says the reason why he disciplines us is because he's treating us like family. That's why we shouldn't despise it when he does, because if he didn't care, he wouldn't do it. Microcosm of the family, if you don't love your children, you can prove it by not disciplining them. Well, I love my kids. I do. But it's just so hard. And that's why at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there is no A B C step process. There is not a list of things we can give you. If you've been waiting for that, you're gonna be very, very disappointed. Because at the end of the day, it falls into the same category as like dieting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You just have to do it.
1: Yeah. There's none of the gimmicks really work.
0: You know, at the end of the day, dieting, what did you say? Is just about
1: it's about the amount of calories you take in. Versus how, <laughs> how, many, how many you, you use. use. Yep.
0: It ain't you know you can add all this stuff to it but at the end of the day it's just that simple and that's the way it is with your kids every bad behavior needs to be punished everything that exceeds expectations needs to be rewarded that balance will will create that that draw toward goodness and godliness now next week we're going to talk a lot about um what is it
1: Expectations?
0: No, I can't remember. It's oh. consequences. I think oh, we are, yeah, yeah, rewards and consequences. We're going to talk quite a bit about that, so there will be a little bit more expounding. But beyond that, we're going to really talk about like parents as pastors. We're going to hit up on some of that, um, even though we've done that on the podcast a little bit in the past. But um, because we've talked a lot about making your kids be good and and how to uh, recreate this this uh, microcosm of the universe that God set up. But beyond all that, our job is to make kids be like Christ, and, and that's not something we've been able to focus on a lot because we've been laying all this groundwork, but we're really going to talk about how to uh, share your faith with your kids in a very, very practical way um, beyond uh, what we talk about next week. So uh, we do have some, uh, some questions and stuff, so let's get into that. All right, Ask Jen. Here it is. We need to get rid of the blankie, Jen. Mm-hmm. My son is three. He does not like he, he does uh not take it to preschool. He needs it at night though when he's and when he's at home. He sometimes and sometimes when we're out shopping. Is there any advice that Jen and yourself would have to give me about breaking this habit? He's already a milkaholic. Milk what? That's one of my favorite cartoons or comic uh, commercials. Uh, I don't want him to be a blankaholic too. Blankyaholic. Great show from Midland, Texas, Cal. So. What, uh, what advice do we have about blankies?
1: Um, I know your advice oh, about blankies. Boy. Why don't you go first, and then I'll throw mine in. I,
0: I, this is a hot topic for me because I had two siblings. Um, one, one was a thumbsucker, and the other one was a blankie carrier and a thumbsucker. And so I have, a, I have a, you know, we parent out of our overflow, mm-hmm. and mine is that. I don't like habits at all like that, stupid little piddly habits. So I was like anal about pulling my kids' yes. fingers out of their mouth, not allowing them to put anything in there. We were big about getting rid of the bottle at the right time and getting rid of the pacifier at the right time because, by God, I wasn't going to have some five- to six-year-old run around with a pacifier in their mouth, and I was not going to have a thumb sucker, okay? And my kids have grown up without any of those habits, to Mm -hmm. to our credit. But, so so mine, you know, I don't know. Does it have any long-term damage? maybe. But not because of that. I think it's a symptom of something else. I think it creates a, a, an acceptance of of of, uh, of an unnatural dependence. Mm-hmm. I think it can, and um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, again, you judge the fruit, not the tree. I don't know what the fruit is of it, so I don't know. I don't like the tree though. Yeah. So I would say if you're finding it's a problem for your family, then it's definitely a problem. And my suggestion would be to simply take it away. Take it away. Put it in a baby box or something in your closet and never let it be seen again. Your child will scream. They will cry. They will stay up. And eventually, they will move on. And it will be the most trying thing in your life. And you will think you are evil. And you will question. And your wife will try to talk you out of it. And give it back. Give it back. Just for tonight. Don't do it. If you want to get rid of it, get rid of it. And the thing you need to keep telling yourself, both of you, he is not going to die because he doesn't have some cloth near him.
1: It's probably really dirty cloth. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only problem I have with blankies.
0: And and if not now, when? That's the other question I would ask yeah. you. If not now, when? My brother carried that stupid blanket around. I want to say until middle school. It had not sent it. 15. He's,
1: it's still in your mom's house.
0: He slept with that thing in his bed till he was 15 people. That's weird. <laughs> Okay.
1: I would say though, um just it, my two cents because I'm I'm not quite as adamant about that. Um although I've I've you know we we've been pretty big deal about it. Um you know, not especially the past fire was a big deal with our kids. They they didn't really care about blankets or stuffed animals or uh-huh. anything like that. But they loved it. actually just Jenna loved the past fire. I don't think the boy cared. Uh-uh. But um you know, you could start, you probably don't agree with this, but um As far as the blanket, what I might do in that situation is restrict it to bedtime only. Okay. um, Because it is ridiculous at three years old for him to carry it around, to go shopping, to go anywhere. Because it's just like, first of all, it's just dirty to get, you know, blankets just get so dirty. But anyway, but I mean, you know, he's old enough to not have a dependence on it like that. If he still needs it in bed, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know that. All I'm
0: saying is, there you're. You're just delaying the inevitable, anyway. Well, yeah, but it's not like they're going to blow up less, right? So I would say go ahead and do it all at once. It's like piercing one ear at a time versus piercing both at the same time. Mm-hmm. I want to go ahead and pierce them both. Yeah, getting wisdom teeth pulled over the course of three months or all at the same time. I'm gonna pull them all. Yeah. You know. So that's just and, uh, you know, but whatever. I could go for that too.
1: And and I would also like you said look in at, you know, are there any things that are really causing your child to right. want to hang on to something? Is there something happening in his life, you know, something I, and it probably not a probably lot of kids nothing. go through that, but it is something worth I think at. when we
0: do that, though, we do create appetites in a child mm-hmm. that are not natural. And just like grownups who, when they quit smoking or quit drinking, they'll go to smoking or quit smoking, then they chew gum like mad or they bite mm-hmm. their fingernails till they bleed. I think your kids, you create an unnatural appetite and they're going to spend the rest of their life possibly, I'm not going to say this is definite, possibly trying to fill that. And as they grow, their appetites, that, that hole is going to grow too. Mm-hmm. And their desires are going to grow a little bit more and more jaded. And if you doubt me, it's not like they're going to have a blankie and then have a great desire, then they're going to fill it with reading the Bible. Yeah. No, they're going to fill it with watching too much television, or they're going to fill it with eating too much junk food. It, we don't default to great things for our lives. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's That's been my thing. I don't want any kind of overly dependent behavior going on at all. Yeah. I don't want sippy cups to be drug around the house. So we decided we got a rule. You get them at the table or you drink them in the kitchen.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't
0: take it to bed. You don't carry it around with you all the time. It even bugs me because they give it to him after preschool. Mm-hmm. And we bring him home and he carries it. And I just I let that slide because he enjoys it. And then when we get home, it's done. Yeah. You know? So it's not even all the time. It's like t- literally a minute and a half on the way home. Mm-hmm. And it's he more carries it than anything else. It's
1: the only sippy cup he has left, anyway.
0: So. But yeah, if, if you have a problem with it, then it's a problem. Yeah. And I would say just get rid of it, and then be mindful, watch for things that they might replace it with, and mm-hmm. and just keep keep on keeping on until you get the be- behavior you want. Yeah. Set that in minimum expectation. Your your minimum, I'm sorry, your minimum requirement is no blankie. Yeah. So anything beyond that is unacceptable. You know?
1: Well, and another thing is, you know, really, really try to reinforce the positive of what a big boy is and just, you know, yeah. all the kinds of things that he... But no.
0: three-year-olds, well, no, you're right. You're right. But at the end of the day, once you've done all that positive stuff, um, he's three. Oh, yeah. He needs to be told.
1: Oh, no, I agree with that completely. I'm just saying, right. There, there is
0: one thing my mom did my brothers drank bottles until they were like 17. Um, <laughs> but there was a point they were still in diapers, probably till they were three. But that, that she opened up the trash bag and said, throw your bottles away. And they threw them away. And then when they wanted them, oh, you threw those away. Get them out of the trash. You know, so maybe you have him throw Blankie away or um, put Blankie in a box and send it to grandma. To keep mm-hmm. for you, but get it out of the house. Yeah. If, unless you hide it. So, uh, so let and me be
1: very, I, I read somewhere, I think it was on Facebook that someone hid a blankie and then the kid saw it yeah. again and it recreated the hole. So, right. Get, get rid of it pretty permanently. And,
0: and so I want to modify what I said earlier. I would get the child involved in the, in the process of getting rid of it. Yeah. Don't our, make them burn it.
1: Oh, gosh. Don't so. call the
0: blankie bad. Don't make the kid feel stupid for having it. Just change the behavior Mm -hmm. and make it not an option. Yeah. And um, that'll help. But if they're involved in the process, that gives them practice making good choices, which is good for later on. So, hey, James and Jen, this question I would like to have both of you answer, but maybe from two different perspectives. I go to a small church with about 50 members, and there are three families whose young children under five years old constantly make noise in service. It's getting really annoying and interrupts the service. I understand in bigger churches that children's service is provided. In my church, we don't have that just yet, but we do have a room equipped with speakers and a big glass window further back in the worship hall, so parents can enjoy the worship without bothering other people. But these particular families just don't want to use that room. I do like children, and I understand the desire to be closer to the pastor instead of worshiping all the way in the back. However, it really bothers me to see the parents disregard people around them and maybe disrespecting the sanctity of the church. Here's my question to James. As a church pastor, will you, and if you will, what would you say to these families? To Jen, if you were the parents in my question, how would you like to be approached about this issue? Thank you, and keep up the good work, Sean.
1: Do you want me to start?
0: Yeah, might as well.
1: Um, I would say, okay, I'll I'll throw out two things. One, before I had kids— I couldn't even imagine why people would allow their children um, to yeah. uh, to be so loud. I was
0: totally with Sean. And yeah,
1: act so you know. Now that we have kids, you the, what you have to understand is one, you can't you can't shove your kids in a corner every time you know you want them to behave or you know you can't take them out. If you take them out in that situation, you miss out on everything. So part of it, you know, is just that you know that the people want to want to be a part of the service. Now, on the other side of that, though, I would not allow my kids to misbehave, to be particularly loud, you know, and that kind of stuff. Now, if they're young, there isn't a whole lot you can do besides take them out. And so, I mean, it, it it does really cause a problem. That's why most churches have nursery. They have children's church. I hate going to services when they don't provide those kind of things because it's all I think about is trying to keep my kids quiet. Um, as far as being approached about it, um, it's either one of two things the people know their kids are probably too noisy, but, Uh. but they don't really know what else to do because there's no other options or two, they don't care. Yeah. So either way, I, I don't know that approaching them would make much difference.
0: Here's my perspective on it. Um, no more than you want to go in the back room. Well, first of all, let me say this, the funny thing first. If there's nobody using the room, go back in the room. It's nice and quiet in there. There's no kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you can hear it. <laughs> and but on the other hand, what I was gonna say, no more than you would want to go back there and sit there with your kids. Once you have kids, you realize anytime you get a break from them, it's great. Okay. Your children's your church does not have children's ministry. Okay. And that's unfortunate. But the other thing is if 50 people, you probably don't have anywhere you can go. That you can't hear the kids. That was going to be the other suggestion I had. Just move, you know, Mm -hmm. move away from them. I do not suggest, though, that you go to that family. Okay. Your issue is not with the family. Your issue is with the minister. Okay. And I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying obviously he doesn't mind or he would say something. So I wouldn't go to the family because you're, yeah, Jen's right. They either are oblivious. And you're not. All you're going to do is just tell them something. They're going to think you're a moron because why? What my kids? Or they don't care. In which case, you're just going to cause problems. So go to the pastor and tell him. Tell him, hey, this is bothering me. It's an issue, and uh, and let him know. And and if anybody's going to do anything, it's going to be him.
1: Yeah, because he's really the only one that the people would probably respond to. Exactly.
0: It's not people, your job.
1: And and you know, it puts you in a weird spot. Plus, people get very uh uptight Mm -hmm. about their kids and they're not going to react well
0: so uh Mm -hmm. yeah another thing you might consider doing and this is just this is extreme pastor talk here start a children's ministry
1: oh i thought you were going to say change churches (laughs) no
0: i go to that pastor and instead of having a problem go to him with a solution say hey i've noticed a lot of kids are causing problems it's bugging me and i hate that because i like kids so what about once a month or, you know, whatever, me and a few other people get together and we provide a children's ministry back in the back room, maybe even just for the sermon part. And I'm not going to do it every week because I want to come in and hear you, um, but maybe we could rotate out and each of us provide a lesson time. You know, we sing together, we pray together, but then the kids leave for the sermon and that would give everybody some peace. What do you think? So pastors love it when people come to them with solutions to mm-hmm. problems. That is true. So think about that. Okay. All right, we got a quick. Uh, we got some other inputs here. Hey, just a quick question: Did your family celebrate International Star Wars Day, May the Fourth? As in May the Fourth, we be with you, Elizabeth. Yes, we did, and we we um, we celebrated it by saying that mm-hmm. on Twitter. Hey, James, I just want to tell you that in my opinion, you are the best podcaster I found. Just recently, I found a few other shows to listen to, but your shows by far sound the best. Your quality and sound effects and content layout. No one I've listened to compares. Keep up the great work, Stacey Card. And I really thanked her for that because the uh, fa- past few weeks we've we've ticked off some people.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotten some hate mail
0: from white people. Um, dang it, I shouldn't uh, have said that because just saying that is offended offensive. white people. Yeah, we've offended tons of white people. Dang it. Now Actually, we're it's hit. only been like two. But uh-huh. you you do. You feel like they're cockroaches. Like if you saw two, there's millions behind the walls. <laughs> there are a lot of white people. White people, people are like cockroaches, yeah. And um there's there's some more. There's offensive. another
1: racial <laughs> slur somehow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh but yeah. So that meant a lot to Jen and I to get some positive. It's funny though, people never say anything when it's good. Mm-mm. They only come out to say stuff when when it's bad.
1: Yeah, it's like 75 shows worth of words. So let's it? turn that into parenting
0: mm-hmm. advice. The other thing that the positive uh, the the minimum requirements pa, and the the maximum expectations do is it balances your view. Because not only are you looking for them not to be bad, you're also waiting and looking and watching for them to exceed your expectations. And so even your view of them becomes a little bit more balanced. It helps you not to take for granted anything. See, the things we take for granted are this. They're the things that always go good every single time. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff you take for granted is the only the stuff you take that, that, that goes good every single time. Okay. It's like when you bust your toe and people all of a sudden start stepping on it. People always step on your toe. You just never noticed Mm -hmm. until it got hurt. Okay? And so for your kids, you want to make sure that you're looking for them being good as well as, you know, obviously looking for them being bad because it's easy to find the bad because it irritates you. But it's so easy to take for granted the good. Mm -hmm. So make sure you brag on them. Make sure you find things that they've done that was just really, really awesome. I'm always trying to do that with my kids. Um, If they do something like the other day, I think I said on the show, there was a bunch of kids being crazy. I was talking to my daughter was one of them. Excuse me. I was talking to a friend, and uh, and I I look over at her and I said Jenna, and I knew she heard me, and she had a choice to make. She was she gonna ignore me like I used to do my mom and mm-hmm. keep playing. And she and she took a second. And she turned around and looked at me, and I said shh. And then I went back to talking. The whole group got quieter because she was the loudest one. Oh, <laughs> nice! And so afterwards, I made mm-hmm. a point to go to her and said, "Sweetheart, earlier when blah, blah blah, you might not even remember, but you looked at me, and I really appreciate that. That was awesome. That was so awesome." And she was like, "Oh yeah, you know." But mm-hmm. that made an impression. And yeah. now when I call her name, she's going to be more apt to doing it because she knows it pleases me. Mm-hmm. Because of a relationship, she wants to do that. So, anyway, any anything to add? Subtract?
1: Oh, I would just say that it, it is amazing how effective and uh, big a deal uh, posit- uh, just verbal encouragement can be.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Especially if that's one of their love languages. Yep, like but I daughter. think verbal is everybody somewhere. Yeah. I really do.
1: Yeah, nobody hates to be complimented. Mm-mm. They really don't.
0: Nope. Guys, that's our show for today. That is not our ending sound, though. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a website. Check it out. Geeklovesnerd.com. You can sponsor a show for only 5 bucks. Get over there on geeklovesnerd.com and click on Donate. I would love you if you did. Jen will love you even more. Um, we got forums over there, so you can comment on the shows and visit with other people in the InnoCast network. Uh, check out Podcast Kid if you haven't yet. Man, it is getting more popular than this show, podcastkid.com. It's for kids ages 3 through 8. Uh, email us, geeklovesnerd at gmail.com. Call us, 9203 gln, GLN. Until next time, I loved you. I
1: loved you too. Mm -hmm.